So I got a phone call from uh, one of our older children who were at Rock Nations yesterday to say that Charlotte, our youngest, was going to go on a fair ride. And um, they were concerned, as, the, as, as is wonderful, we've, we have raised our older children to make sure they take care of the younger ones. It means we don't have to do as much, no, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> but I got this message of, like, look, we're concerned because, you know, you want to see this ride. Now, I, I do not do fair rides. I am happy being the bag holder. Like, you've got a bag, bring it to me, because I will hold your bag while you all go on the fair. But I've always tried to make sure I don't put that fear into the, ki into the kids. And Barry said something. He said, look, if she's adamant to go on it, and she's above the height level, you know, let her go on it. Let her go on it. It's fine. And I said after Mr. Barry, I said, who knows, she might be a thrill seeker. Because apparently all these people who love fair rides are all thrill seekers, apparently. I don't know what that makes me, but you're all thrill seekers. And uh, anyway, she got to it. She decided that she didn't want to go on it, and it wasn't the right thing. And then I remember when we were, years ago, we went to Disneyland Paris, and Adam and Joshua, I think, were 10 at the time. And um, we, they wanted to go on this ride. It wasn't my kind of ride. So I'm like, give me your bags, give me your coats. Dad will take you on this ride. Fortunately, Sophie's like me. She'll do the merry-go-round. Um, but Adam and Joshua wanted to go on this ride. And they got to it. And when they measured them, Joshua was tall enough and Adam wasn't. And they're twins, by the way, for anyone who doesn't know. And Adam really, really wanted to go on this ride because he is, a, or when he was younger, a bit of a thrill seeker with fair things. But he wasn't able to go on the fair ride. And Adam, it was like, what do you do when you've got twins? You tell Josh he can't go. So Barry took Josh and Adam went on the merry-go-round with me. You know, the horses that go around, right? So Adam's on the bright, colourful, twinkly horses with me. Whereas actually what he'd been looking for was the adrenaline. He'd been looking for that rush and that excitement of the adrenaline. And I'm like, come on, son. Do you want to go on a carriage so we can all sit together? Or do you want to go on your own horse? You know, so, but you know, I've, I've been thinking about it. And we as Christians can run the risk of being a thrill seeker. Where everything else gets dismissed and we live for the highs. You see, at the fair, when Adam wasn't able to go on that ride that he so desperately wanted to because he was a bit of a thrill seeker, he dismissed everything else that was in that amusement park unless it was a thrill seeking ride. He did not realize that the merry-go-round could be a wonderful place to be for those that aren't thrill seekers. And it can be like that in our Christian life is that we just want to live from high to high to high, to high. And when we're on a high, and when we've gone to uh, Christian camps, youth camps, and there's a high, and something happens, and then all of a sudden, like, th that wears off, and then you think, oh, but when I go back next year, it will be all right. If you live your Christian life from high to high, you'll be miserable most of your life. You will be miserable most of your life. And I would say for some people in here, you wonder why you're miserable most of your life. And I would say, if we've got ears to hear what the Spirit's saying to us today, I would say it's because you're living from high to high to high to high and you just want in the good times and you only feel that God's moving in your life in the good times. Whereas God isn't, isn't only in the highs, he's in the darkest valleys. He's not only in the excitement, he's in the normal too. He's in the noise, he's in the quiet, 
He's in the constant. He's in the consistent. He's in what we would class as mundane in the day-to-day life where we're faithful. And if we only live for the highs, we are going to miss the glory of God and how great and wonderful he is in what we would class as the merry-go-round. Whereas God, in his words, speaks to us about being strong and about being immovable and knowing how to abound in much and knowing how to abound in little. Because what he's saying to us in his word, it's not about living in the highs. But some as Christians are just thrill seekers. And that's when we're in our flesh and we like the feeling and we're in our emotion. We like the feeling of of being in the thousands or we like the feeling where suddenly we read his word and something comes out of it. And you're like, yeah, but then the rest of the time you just put the word to one side because you don't think it speaks. Because we want to live when we've got a testimony to tell everybody. We all love to tell a testimony. And that's where we think God is. But as Christians, let's not be thrill seekers. Those times are great. But in 1 Corinthians 15, 58, he says, So my dear brothers and sisters, be strong and immovable. Always work enthusiastically for the Lord. For you know that nothing you do for the Lord is ever useless. That's on about faithfulness. It's on about longevity. It's on about keeping going. It's on about not getting off the path when you don't feel like you're on a high or giving up when you don't feel like you're on a high or just moaning to everybody when you're on a high and then your unsafe friends are like, well, I thought God was great. Clearly not. Because if we only ever live for the highs and we only want the thrills, then what does that say about the goodness of God? What does it say to our unsaved friends? Philippians 4, 11 to 13. Not that I was ever in need, for I have learned how to be content with whatever I have. I have learned how to be content with whatever I have. Listen to the next section. It says, I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. So it's not saying that one is right and one is wrong. What it's saying is, I've learned to abound in it all. I've learned how to stay faithful in it all. I've learned to see the goodness of God in it all. I've learned not to let my faith be be rocked and wobble in it all. I've learned not to get off the path in it all. I've learned to stay and be immovable. I have learned the secret of living in every situation whether it is with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or little. For I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, 16 to 18. Always be joyful. Never stop praying. Be thankful in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. Blessed isn't a feeling. Blessed is a reality. If you have accepted salvation from Jesus Christ, our Lord, you are blessed. You are blessed. And I have heard so many people say, but I don't feel blessed. Blessed isn't a feeling. It's a reality. 
And if you allow it to move from your emotions and that reality to take root in your life, that whether I am in much or whether I am in lack, whether I feel full or whether I feel empty, I am blessed. I am blessed. And for some people, you just need to start saying, I am blessed. Because you are thinking you're not blessed because you don't feel blessed. We're not saved through our feelings. We're saved through the reality of the cross. We're saved through what Jesus did for us. And people live on a feeling rather than a reality. Blessed isn't a feeling, it's a reality. But how do we maintain our growth? How do we maintain being faithful to the Lord in the times where we're not on the highs? I know firsthand it can be hard when you're not on the highs. We all love the highs. Praise God for the highs. But you know something? The times I have got to know my Lord and Savior more than ever has been in the normal. It's been in the darkest valleys. It's been where I've just seen he's consistently faithful. And I have come out, and actually when I have walked through, because don't forget Psalm 23 doesn't say he's going to pluck you out of the darkest valley. He's going to pluck you out the valley of the shadow of death. He says, I'm going to bring you through the valley of the shadow of death. So there is a consistency. There is a consistency. Our God is consistent. Our God is constant. Our God is faithful. And where lack comes in, it's where I'm not faithful. And I'm not consistent. And I'm not constant because I'm like, well, I'm just getting off because actually this doesn't feel right. And then one day, maybe when I go back to, uh, to camp next year, it's all going to be okay. But God isn't the God of the highs. He's the God of the normal. And he's the God of the everyday. So how do we live that blessed life all the time. Take your eyes off you. Take your eyes off you and your own fleshly life and your own worldly life and your own natural sense. And in everything, even when those natural things present to ourselves, when natural things present to me, I find God in it. And that's not me saying I'm better than anybody else. It's because I've learned I've learned through my own mistakes. I've seen the times when I have felt the deepest and darkest. It's been the times when I've done what Peter did and I've took my eyes from the one who's got the answer and I've took my eyes from the one who's faithful and I've took my eyes from the one who's constant and I've begun to look at the circumstances and how I'm feeling. So what do you do with your feelings? You take them to the Lord. You don't live in your emotions. You don't live in your feelings. You live in the truth that I am blessed. I am blessed. And it's okay to say that you're not feeling okay, but it's what you're doing it. You go to God. You go to the one. You say, I am blessed. This is how you live blessed. Psalm 91 verse 1. Those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. That's saying, when things are difficult, if you go on and read the psalm, it says all the things that you, can, you will be able to do in the power that God has given you, if you live in the shelter of the Most High, it says you will find rest despite what is going on around you in the shadow of the Almighty. You know, at one of our houses, we used to have a, uh, like a little rain canopy thing at the front. 
And I remember one day coming home and it was absolutely lashing it down. And we were waiting for Barry to get out the car and open the door for us. And we all, I don't know why we didn't just wait for Barry to get out the car and unlock the door for us. For some reason, we all got out the car. In the, Barry was probably trying to make sure he got his coffee cup with him. And so we're all like, oh, you know, so we get there and we're a pretty big family. And we're all getting under the storm canopy. The storm canopy kept us dry. The rain didn't stop. Because actually, as we were under the storm canopy, you could see all the rain. But under the shelter of the storm canopy, I was protected. Under the shelter of the storm canopy, I wasn't touched by the storm. I could see the storm. I could hear the storm. I could feel the storm. But because I was under the shelter. And then when you step away from the storm canopy, what you see is the storm canopy actually casts a shadow. And it's the same with God if we live close. I tell you, we were that close to that front door. If we could have got in, we, I don't know why we didn't push it down because we were all desperately, desperately trying to stay dry. And that's how we need to live with God, so close, so close to his shelter, so close under his shadows. That's how we live a blessed life because then when we are so close to him, we receive his protection. When we are so close to him, we receive what he's saying. When we are so close to him, when the, 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 the circumstances feel like the, the sun is burning down on us and it's too much to take, his shadow gives us shade. So I'm going to give you five ways to stay in his shadow. Five ways to stay under his shelter. And I'm going to do it really quick because this is going to be a short sermon. Number one. Read the word of God. Read the word of God. Read your Bible. Read your Bible. Romans 15 verse 4 says, Such things were written in the scriptures long ago to teach us. And the scriptures give us hope and encouragement as we wait patiently for God's promises to be fulfilled. The scriptures long ago were there to teach us. It's okay that you've not got the answer. It's okay that you find yourself in a situation and you don't know which way to turn. But the word of God will teach you. It will bring you wisdom. It will give you hope. Because here's the thing. It's not always going to be. I didn't even see you get up. Then Josh, I thought, where's that noise come from? It doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to read your Bible and it's all going to go. But know what the hope is going to do going to give you encouragement to wait patiently on the things of God and when you wait patiently on the things of God you won't end up on the wrong path when you keep your eyes on him in Timothy it says all scripture is inspired by God it's useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives it corrects us when we're wrong it sets out the path before us you know I have letters that Barry's written to me over the years I have some letters that my mum's written. I have one particular one in my bedside table that mum wrote to me in Barry many years ago. She probably doesn't even remember. And it was a letter she wrote to us with a, with a prophetic word in it. And I go back and I read that because it told us something about our future. And when things don't seem like they're working out, when it doesn't seem like the promise is being fulfilled, I take out the letter that my mum wrote and I sit and I read what her heart was for us that day and it's the same with God when you read his word it gives you a hope 
and a patience to wait for that promise because you know he's faithful. Number two, pray. I want to ask you, are you only praying for answers or are you praying for relationship? Are you just checking in with the GP when you've got a problem? God is not your GP. He's your provider. God is not your GP. He's your father. God is not just your your GP. He's your friend. God is not your GP. He's your teacher. He's everything you will need. But if you are only praying for answers and not for relationship, you are going to feel a disconnection. I want to encourage you today to pray in faith. To pray with patience. To pray with confidence. To pray with humility that you'll wait for God. To pray in obedience and in submission to God's greater plan. Thessalonians 1 Thessalonians 5 says, we read it at the beginning, always be joyful. Never stop praying. Be thankful in all circumstances for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. Don't just get away with God for answers, for your healing, for your provision, for this. He's all of those things to you. But relationship. Pray to God for your relationship with him. Pray to God so you get used to his presence. It's okay to ask for those things. Look look at the Lord's prayer. It says, ask of God. But to stay in his shadow, have those times of prayer. Colossians 4, 2 says, devote yourselves to prayer with an alert mind and a thankful heart. Sometimes people think prayer is just going in and muttering a few words and doing this and doing that and doing the other. Because it's a ritual and really we should pray because the Bible says we should pray and we should speak to our Heavenly Father. No, it says pray with an alert mind and a thankful heart. Prayer is a weapon. It's a weapon. It's a weapon to bring down the forces of darkness. Prayer is a weapon. But it's also a relationship. I will run to Barry when I need his protection. But I don't only ever run to Barry when I need his protection. I run to Barry to talk with him. I run to Barry because I love him. I run to Barry because I love being in his presence. We drive along sometimes in silence, but we're in each other's presence. Sometimes I never stop talking when we're in each other's presence. Sometimes he never stops talking when we're in each other's presence. But in the presence is where things happen. In the presence. Number three, worship. Romans 12 verse 1, and we can think this is worship, but there are many aspects of worship in your life, and I want to just touch on one, and it's this. Romans 12 verse 1, and so did brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them live, be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship. Give your life. Give your body, give the way you conduct your life, give everything you can to him as a living sacrifice. Allow yourself to live godly ways. Allow yourself to live a godly example. Be an an ambassador for Christ. Because when you're an ambassador for Christ, for Christ, that is a true way to worship him. Number four, fellowship. You need each other. People may have hurt you in church. 
people will hurt you in church. I don't just mean this, by the way, I'm just meaning church, churches. You will hurt people in church. That was a massive realization to me when I started going, oh, this person's hurt me and that person's hurt me and the other person's hurt me and they've let me down and that person's let me down and the person's let me down. And then I felt God say, well, you've let people down. You need people. People getting things wrong around you doesn't mean it's the right reason to remove yourself from fellowship. Because Hebrews 10, 24 and 25 says, let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. Let us not neglect meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his his return is drawing near. That verse is in the Bible for a reason. Because when we meet together... There is a power when we meet together. Something happens when the church gathers together. Something happens when we worship and we seek God together. And it's in the Bible so that God is speaking to us and saying, don't neglect meeting together. But I want to say this to you. The enemy knows the power in us meeting together. And he'll do everything he can to try and stop it. People hurting you. You're tired. This has come up. That's come up. It's my daughter's birthday tomorrow on Monday. So I'm going to need to go to the shops. He'll try and throw anything. But the word of God is absolute and truth. It says, do not give up meeting together because we need to encourage one another in the things of God. And then the last one is act from this moment. What is God saying to you today? Whether it be in the worship, whether it be in the word, don't be a thrill seeker. Don't live from high to high to high because your life will generally be pretty miserable. Because God wants you to know him in the day-to-day. He wants you to know him in the everyday. What is it that he's saying to you today? Is there a forgiveness that you need to do? Is there an apology that you need to make? Is it that you need to pick up your Bible more? Is it that you didn't realize that actually the way you live is worship unto God? What is it that God is saying to you? It could be something that I've not even mentioned today. What is it that God is saying to you? Because it says in James 1 verse 22, but don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you are only fooling yourselves. For if you listen to the word and don't obey, it's like glancing at your face in a mirror. You see yourself, walk away, and forget what you look like. But if you carefully look into the perfect law that sets you free, and if you do what it says and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. God will bless you for doing it. What is it that God has spoken to you today? If you are the one that lives from high to high to high, make the adjustment that you need to make. And whatever he said to you in the word today, do it. Because God is God always. Amen.